today on the Bill Kelly Show on 900 CHML. We're going to focus uh, this hour on the Transportation Task Force. Uh, I think most people in this community are aware of the background uh, in this whole circumstance that uh, in December the uh, Minister of Transport, Carolyn Mulroney, came into town and announced that the provincial government was not going to be funding the LRT project here in Hamilton. Uh, much to the consternation of uh, the mayor and a few other people in town, a lot of other people in this town, I suppose. Uh, but they did say that uh, the billion dollars is still on the table. And uh, they struck a task force and uh, said they want these people to come back with recommendations on how to spend that billion dollars. Uh, well, the report's out, and uh, I've read it and reread it a number of times over the weekend and uh, read the reaction that some of the other people have had to that. So we're going to delve into this today because this is very important. I understand, obviously, COVID-19 is job one right now for just about everybody, but uh, the future transportation of this community is going to be part of that discussion at some point, and uh, this may well uh, lay the groundwork for that. Uh, we are going to hear from Hamilton Mayor Fred Eisenberger a little bit later on in this hour and get some other reaction to it. Right now, though, I want to uh, welcome the chair of the Transportation Task Force uh, back to the program. Tony Valeri uh, joins us on the Bill Kelly Show. Tony, good morning. Thanks so much for the time today. Thanks, Bill. Good morning. Uh, interesting report, fascinating report. Uh, by the way, uh, well written, too. Very easy to follow along. Uh, let me ask you, first of all, maybe just for a couple of seconds, we could uh, go back and talk about the mandate, because I think some people had some some problems understanding exactly what you were charged to do. Well, if you go right back uh, to the mandate itself, I mean, uh, what the task force was asked to do was to prepare a preliminary list of recommendations on how the province could spend the billion dollars of capital funding that's been committed for transportation infrastructure in the city of Hamilton. And so, uh, you know, it, it was essentially that preliminary list. And, and what we did then was uh, we looked at the work that had been done by the city of Hamilton in terms of transportation planning, by the province. Uh, we talked to Metrolinx. We talked to Infrastructure Ontario. Uh, I mean, our intent was not to, to reinvent a process or to reinvent some new body of evidence. It was to look at the existing evidence uh, and delve into that in a bit more detail and then determine what are, uh, from a task force perspective, what are those priorities that we would like to put forward in that preliminary list. From an existing list, though, the, like you guys, uh, we're not going to come back, as you told us on the program a few weeks ago, Tony, you weren't going to come back and say, uh, I think we should build a, a, a mid-pen highway or something like that. I mean, that, that's not within the mandate of what you were supposed to do. That's external to this. And I mean, you know, you can have an opinion on this, but uh, the billion dollars, I guess, was earmarked for Hamilton projects, correct? For Hamilton projects, uh, there was a very long list of, of uh, projects that were uh, provided to us. Uh, we took the approach of a developing a, a bit of a framework, uh, a set of goals and criteria that we uh, that we uh, established in concert with, you know, the principles of uh, the Metrolinx business cases, or uh, uh, hearing from the McMaster Institute of Transportation and Logistics on how best to develop uh, framework and and criteria. And, and then we looked at this very long list of, of projects, and there were highway projects, there were uh, other types of infrastructure projects that were part of this very long list, and then created a short list, and then ultimately uh, the list of preliminary recommendations, which is made up of these three, uh, these three projects. 
Uh, I'm just looking at uh, the executive summary here. We'll get into some of the details in a second. But uh, the task force acknowledged further work is needed to understand the operating and maintenance responsibilities and associated costs, as well as potential financial tax and policy impacts of each project. Uh, do, do we extrapolate from that, Tony, that uh, it was the committee's feeling that there's still work to be done on any of these projects? Uh, there is. I mean, there's still work to be done on all three of the projects. And it was, uh, you know, when we when we uh, had a call with the minister on April 9th. Uh, so two things. One, we were pleased to hear that she was accepting the report and also that she was going to be requesting uh, Metrolix and Infrastructure Ontario to conduct a technical review of the, of the recommendations that we have made. Because during our deliberations, it was clear that there were that there was some additional work that needed to be done in order to better understand uh, what ultimately are the substantial benefits that any of the three projects might provide to Hamiltonians. Uh, again, to go back to, to the terms of reference here, uh, what are things you identified in the report here? Uh, you want a system that offers fast, frequent, reliable options to move people and goods across all transportation modes, uh, supports economic growth and the efficient movement of people and goods, protects our environment and minimizes adverse environmental impacts, considers and supports future transportation technologies, and can be implemented within a specific time frame. I'll get to that in a second. Uh, in your discussions, though, with the task force, Tony, did you rank those those objectives? Uh, in terms of the uh, of the objectives themselves, there wasn't a, an order of priority for the objectives, save and except there was one that I think you indicated you wanted to get back to in a second, and that was that the the actual billion dollars was was going to be sp- spent or irrevocably committed in some fashion to the city of Hamilton within a two year period. Uh, we then went through each of the other uh, criteria. And, and provided, uh, some commentary and, and ultimately there were projects that ranked better, for instance, on greenhouse gas, some ranked better on accessibility, uh, also the issue of the impact on congestion. So it, it was a, it was a, a deliberative process where we, we, we looked at each of the criteria, looked at the projects and then measured those projects against the criteria and then you know, brought in Metrolinks, brought in experts, transportation experts to glean uh, um, how these projects would impact uh, and 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 align with the criteria that we've established. Yeah, in further or previous discussions, you've already talked about that, and and that that thing about getting this done in a timely fashion within this two-year period is really, I guess, facing a political reality that governments can change and governments can change their minds about things, and you want to make sure that that commitment's going to be done. And the longer we wait, in other words, uh, the more precarious that money becomes, and and that's not a refref- necessary reflection on this government; it's just a reflection on on how politics works. Well, exactly. I mean, I mean, priorities may change. Uh, you know, things happen. Uh, we're in the middle of, of, a, of a global pandemic. Uh, and so the commitment is there. Uh, it was repeated that the billion dollars is there for the city of Hamilton for transportation uh, infrastructure, transit infrastructure. And so we thought we felt as a committee that that one of the overriding recommendations needed to be that uh, over this next two-year period that that money is spent uh, for Hamilton or irrevocably committed to Hamilton in some fashion so that we did not get into uh, perhaps, a, you know, a, you know a, a cha- like an electoral uh, issue and then, you know, uh, you'll, you'll have, um, you know, changes or, um, you know, irrespective, uh, you know, 
priorities may change uh, over time, but we wanted to make sure that, that this commitment uh, was going to be met. And frankly, I've had every indication uh, by this government that they are prepared to meet this commitment. So I think from, a Hamil- from the perspective of Hamilton, I think that that's a, that's a very key point and one that, uh, that, we should, uh, that we should pay attention to. With Tony Valera, of course, the chair of the uh, Transportation Task Force, uh, whose report was released last week. Uh, not unexpectedly, Tony, there have been some different interpretations of, of some of the recommendations that you put forth here. I guess that's, that's going to happen, I suppose, in the eye of the beholder. Uh, but the one thing I think that we can all consistently agree upon is, uh, is what the committee is looking for here is uh, $1 billion in high-order transit. And uh, you list three possible options here. Uh, light rail transit, bus rapid transit, and of course commuter go rail, uh, which are, as you mentioned, already existing projects that are on the books and some work and research has been done in all of these. Uh, but again, in reading this over and rereading this over, uh, I didn't get the sense that you prioritized those three. This bill is not a, not a list of priorities, and I want to, want to, want to, want to make that uh, very clear that from a task force perspective, uh, we put forward uh, two intra City higher order transit projects, and that, that was, as you mentioned, uh, BRT on the B and A lines, and and uh, light rapid transit on on the B line around along the King Main Street corridor. Uh, there is a preference from the task force for intra higher order transit, the, either the LRT or B or B line uh, on the B line and BRTs, um, uh, and then only if. Uh, after further technical analysis, the projects are found not to be feasible for some for some reason. Then we would recommend to go to the intercity transit uh, in the form of 15-minute two-way all-day go service. Uh, you know, at the Hamilton Go Center. So, so there w- these are not a list of they're not listed as priorities in order. Uh, it was communicated to the minister that she should be instructing uh, MetroLink and IO to look at at all three of these projects and begin the, the technical work on all three projects concurrently uh, and and ensure that the work is done uh, to, to ultimately provide the greatest benefit uh, to Hamiltonians, both from from the perspective of, you know, accessibility, dealing with congestion and congestion, and then the economic uplift that transportation infrastructure projects might provide. So to that point, then, it's actually Metrolinks that's going to make this determination. They, they will do the ranking after they do their research. Well, it'll be based on evidence. Uh, yeah. So they will, develop, they will develop their business cases for each of these three projects and determine, uh, you know, Hamilton's transportation needs, work with the city of Hamilton, I'm sure, uh, with developing that business case, but ultimately uh, providing that report to the minister on these three projects uh, and and one of them, uh, I think should be able to come out on top from the perspective of the uh, the benefits to Hamiltonians overall, um, and I and, and I think it's something uh, that uh, you know is it's a very important point. I'm glad you highlighted it because it's a very key point of this task force report in that there is no priority to to what we have provided. There is a list of three projects. Two intra-city pro- higher order transit project and one intercity higher transit project. By the way, just for the purpose of clarity here, when you mentioned about that GO service area, uh, you talk about the Hunter Street station, aren't you? That's correct. Yeah, uh, not the one down in the north end by Leuna. 
Uh, so it That's would right. be using it. And, and it's the creation, by the way, for those who have not read the report, uh, since there's been so much consternation over the years about sharing lines, you're talking about actually installing a new line that would, would be exclusive, I guess, for Go. Is that right? Well, it'd be a dedicated line is, is what's yeah. being contemplated there, right? Yeah. And, and again, we want to underscore to everybody, uh, these are not policies. Uh, these are the recommendations after the, the research and the work that you guys did. Uh, the government. Uh, the pro- provincial government will set policies, obviously, after their work with uh, Infrastructure Ontario and with uh, with Metrolinx, of course. Uh, Tony, are you comfortable with the time frame? I know that you're, you're strongly recommending that it needs to be done within these two years. Yet at the same time, you're suggesting uh, in the in the report, in the recommendations, uh, that there's still some work that needs to be done on all three of those projects and as far as, as, as researching and, and deciding how this is going to happen. Uh, governments can sometimes move at glacial speed. Sometimes they can move very rapidly in situations like this. Are you, are you comfortable that the minister's given you the assurances that they're going to get this thing going? Well, yes. In, in a sense, I'm, I'm, I'm comfortable that, that the desire is there by the minister, now having received the report, to engage Metrolinx and I.O. Uh, I mean, I, none of us uh, contemplated the impacts of COVID-19 and the pandemic. Mm, of course. Uh, so so I, I do think, you know, it, that, that some of this work uh, may be affected. Uh, that's yet to be determined. But, but folks are still working, mind you, uh, working remotely and working in a very, very different manner, as I'm sure a lot of your listeners are, are attesting to that. Uh, but, uh, but what I am very comfortable with is the desire and determination to move forward as quickly as possible. And there is no doubt that while uh, we're dealing with the global pandemic, that it's, it's temporary and will come out of this. And I think coming out of it, uh, transportation will be a very key element in in uh, in economic uh, policy and economic development. So the connectivity between cities, uh, the ability to move uh, people, uh, the ability to to deal with congestion, uh, all of those things I think lend themselves to uh, to being economic enablers for for cities and economies. So as we come out of this pandemic, this type of investment will certainly be required. Uh, and again, I don't know if we can read between the lines here, but even in the press release that the ministry released as they released the report, seemed to reiterate uh, their commitment to the billion dollars. So I guess you know, as much as we can, we can take that to the bank. But you also call on the federal government to be a player in this, or at least to have Metrolinks uh, explore that possibility. And I know that there have been some rumblings out of Ottawa that, yeah, we might consider this. But obviously, you're going to be looking for, or at least Metrolinks at this stage now, since they're going to carry the ball from here. Uh, they're going to be looking for a commitment from Ottawa here, to, if if in fact there's money available. Well, I, I think it's it's fair to say that during the work that uh, that the task force was doing, that one of the challenges that was identified with LRT was the available the availability of committed uh, capital funding, um, and so uh, that's why we recommended to the province that in addition to the technical work that that would be required on the LRT uh, and the other uh, pro- projects, that they should engage other levels of government uh, to, uh, to identify any and all potential capital funding contributions for, uh, for any potential LRT project, um, and also look at other ways to reduce it. I think, I think you know, it was clear through our, through our deliberation this was one of the items that kept coming back. Certainly, you know, technical issues and the issues of ridership and all of those things. But, but certainly from a financial perspective, this was one of the big barriers. And so uh, 
I think the report uh, would have been lacking without uh, directing that recommendation to further explore uh, financing opportunities or financial contributions by other levels of government. Tony, we talked about the work that Metrolinx and, and Infrastructure Ontario are going to be doing here, and they're reporting back to the ministry, obviously. Uh, and, I go, and this is not your call, but did you get any sense in your discussion with the ministry, a, any role the city is going to play in this situation? I, I, are they a player here, or are they just simply going to be getting the information once the province makes a determination? Well, I, I think the city will will be providing to Metrolinx as they as they uh, again. This is not. I wouldn't take this as gospel. This would be my interpretation. Yeah. Uh, I, I would I would say that the city would play a role in providing uh, the transportation uh, needs uh, updated uh, information for Metrolinx to include in their uh, in their business case. Uh, I also think that there would be, you know, a back and forth from a technical perspective uh, in terms of road allowances. And I think of uh, the uh, BRT on the A-line, you know, there's been, uh, I don't believe, any work done there. So that kind of uh, discussion between the city and Metrolinx will be very important. Um, So I do think that there will be uh, a very strong engagement with the city of Hamilton um, for uh, on the, uh, for the development of that business case uh, that ultimately will go to the minister. Uh, is there a concern on your part that this is going to reopen the debate, which could just drag this thing out uh, for an interminable amount of time? Well, that's why we were really clear that, that this is not about uh, restarting any debate. This is about building on the work that's been done and putting in within it, putting it within uh, a time constraint, right? So we said uh, that two-year commitment is one that the minister has has indicated that they're supportive of. Uh, the work that needs to be done is the further technical work. It's you know the EA work on mm-hmm. the uh, on the LRT. How much of that could be applied to uh, a BRT on the B line? Uh, what kind of EA is required on the A line? I mean, in all of that, I would argue that, and again, we're, you know, we're in this global pandemic, coming out of this global pandemic, I would also argue that, that, uh, the regulatory aspect of, of what's required here to move projects forward, uh, will also be accelerated, right? I, I do think that, that the province will look at these opportunities and will look to accelerate uh, where they can. Uh, EAs or any type of uh, regulatory burden that might stand in the way of getting projects off the ground. Tony Valeri, Chair of the uh, Transportation Task Force. Tony, as always, thank you so much for the time today. As I say, I, 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 this is a, a very interesting and I think a report, and it, it's, I think it's going to serve as the foundation for some future discussion between the province uh, for our transportation needs here. Uh, we'll certainly see how the ministry decides to handle this from here. But thank you so much for the great work that you've done, and thanks for the time today. Thank you very much, Bill. Always a pleasure. Thank you. Tony Valeri. Uh, we're going to get some reaction from Hamilton Mayor Fred Eisenberger and uh, some more reaction from uh, some concerned folks that have been following this file. We all have at one time or another been following this file, right, about our transportation needs here in the city. You're listening to the Bill Kelly Show podcast on 900 CHML. We heard from Tony Valeri, the chair of the Transportation Task Force, uh, with their report that was released late last week. Uh, joining us now for some response and reaction to this is Hamilton Mayor Fred Eisenberger. Mr. Mayor, thank you for joining us. How are you doing today? Uh, very well, Bill. Thank you. Good. Good to have you with us. Uh, 
Mr. Mayor, you were, you were opposed to this whole process. You didn't like the idea of the task force. You didn't like the fact that there was very little input allowed uh, from city council in this process. Uh, now it's all said and done. The, the report has been released. What, uh, what, how would you grade this now? Are you pleased with the way it happened? Well, I mean, clearly, uh, LRT is still uh, very much on the table. Uh, you know, if you read the report, uh, virtually everything points towards uh, the only shovel-ready project that uh, the city of Hamilton's got right now, which is uh, LRT for higher-order transit. And even though they're they're throwing it open to uh, you know a continued evaluation, uh, you and you and I both know that this is probably the most studied uh, beyond the Red Hill Expressway, probably the most studied uh, you know transportation. Uh, project uh, in the history of Hamilton, if not the province. So I'm uh, I'm I'm uh, somewhat surprised that uh, that the uh, the report wasn't more definitive uh, in terms of its final recommendation. Because when you read the contents of the report, all the recommendations point towards LRT. I respect uh, the fact that uh, they had a mandate from the province, which didn't really define one or the other, and they were limited by the you know, what it's got to fit into the billion-dollar mark. Well, we know now that you know both LRT and BRT doesn't fit into a billion dollars, and the reality is the uh, the recommendation generally says go, go and approach the, uh, the federal government and talk about, uh, you know, a different funding model for uh, LRT, and it identifies that LRT has the highest economic uplift uh, beyond just being a better transportation network, it's also got higher potential for future economic uplift and employment. So, uh, you know, it confirms everything that we've been saying about LRT, uh, you know, right from the very beginning. Uh, the uh, the transit uh, subcommittee or the uh, citizens jury that we put forward, uh, you know, said similar things. Uh, Metrolinks made the original recommendation, said, uh, said similar things about LRT. And, uh, and, you know, many, many other instances where the city of Hamilton did its own evaluation and said LRT comes out on top in terms of transit and economic uplift. And so, uh, you know, basically the report aligns itself to, uh, to light rail transit in the city of Hamilton as being the most shovel-ready project that we could possibly come to. Well, and that's based on the evaluation that the city has done here. But uh, it's not the city that's going to make the final judgment here, as we know. It's going to be uh, it's going to be MetroLink's Infrastructure Ontario, and ultimately, it's going to be the Ministry of uh, Transportation. And and the report clearly states here, Mr. Mayor, that uh, they list these three projects, said they should all be given equal uh, weight uh, when they're doing the evaluation. They don't list one over the other. They don't list LRT over BRT. No, I understand that, but then you know, read the contents of the report, and it, I have all of the points to, to light rail, rail transit. But you know, yes, you're right. Uh, it's got to go back to the province of Ontario. They're going to have another go at analysis. Uh, I think this one is now uh, a paralysis by analysis. Uh, go, go transit. Uh, you know, we would we could all say should not even be on the list. I'm surprised that it is, but they threw it into the mix. I know that uh, not everyone was uh, supportive of that, including our own city manager. Uh, so, you know, it's, uh, should we be doing provincial projects uh, through this process? I don't think so. And, you know, and once again, you know, we start to make comparisons between light rail projects that have been approved by this government. Uh, you know, the Mississauga, Mississauga Eglinton uh, LRT was approved by this government at a higher uh, overall capital budget number and a higher overall life cycle cost number at about $4.5 billion. Uh, they knew full well ahead of time that uh, that LRT wasn't just a billion-dollar project. It was always a billion-dollar capital, the original estimate, and life cycle cost. And uh, and there's still a dance going on here to try and suggest that, you know, the province has got a billion dollars. What are we going to do with a billion dollars? 
Well, if you uh, if you compare that to all the other LRT projects in the province of Ontario, uh, you and I can agree that uh, that billion dollars doesn't do it. Uh, doesn't do it for BRT either, quite frankly. The concern here, though, is that uh, we're well aware, of course, of all the research the city has done on this. You and I have talked about these extensively, these reports uh, that have been done, and, and you've made your determination about LRT. That's the city council position. But these are different eyes that are going to be on this now, and probably, for all we know, a different set of, of tools used in the evaluation. Uh, so, I mean, we don't know exactly where these guys are going to go right now. Uh, are you committed at this stage to live by the final recommendation that the, the ministry is going to make on this whenever that's going to come down? Well, we'll see. We'll see what happens. I mean, uh, one of the recommendations in the report is also to have a conversation with the federal government and the private sector to see, uh, you know, what uh, what a partnership could do for uh, for this project. So that that's an important step that needs to happen. That was an argument that was made when they were in the process of canceling this project. Uh, that was part of the original memorandum of understanding that uh, if, if it came to the notion of it being uh, high, more capital cost than was originally estimated, additional conversations would happen with other levels of government. So I expect that they'll continue to do all of that. And I know, and I think you know, that the federal government has, has uh, you know, on many occasions expressed an interest in having a look at this as a future higher order public trans- transportation project that, that, that they can get behind. So uh, I think that conversation is one that needs to happen, and I anticipate that uh, both Metrolinx, which originally approved this project, this is not uh, this is not something that uh, that the province of Ontario pulled out of the air. Metrolinx did the benefit case analysis and, and came forward with uh, LRT for Hamilton was the best investment that could be made from both a transportation and an economic uplift perspective. And so if Metrolink is going to be consistent uh, in, their, in, in their messaging. I'm not sure how they move away from that. And uh, the reality is that uh, all of the potential partners that are out there all agree that even in the COVID context, and, you know, at some point there's going to be an economic stimulus, that the only one that has, you know, immediate potential impact is LRT. It, it can get going sooner rather than any other project you can think of. Other than possibly other than possibly Go Transit. And, you know, Go Transit should not be uh, a project that, that's on this list. Uh, I mean, it, 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 that's something that the province has committed to a long, long, long time ago. And uh, to carve off a billion dollars to put into that is basically saying, we're, we're going to keep our billion dollars, Hamilton. You're not getting it. Uh, we're going we're gonna to align it to a, a Go Transit project somewhere. Are you comfortable with the truncated version of LRT? I mean, if there's no new money on the table, if the province says it's a billion dollars, that's it, and uh, and obviously this is going to depend on the federal government's announcement. We don't know what they're going to do these days. But they're talking about, a, a, in other words, a shortened version. I, I know we've had that discussion in the past. Would you, mm-hmm. quote-unquote, settle for that? Uh, I, you know, I, I don't think I want to settle. I think I want, uh, I want to make sure that we're getting the best value out of this project. And a, and a truncated LRT just doesn't give you the kind of value that uh, that that we need. I think we understand that. Uh, it's got to be a, uh, a destination system that has a, a beginning and an end that serves a wide swath of our community. If it doesn't do that, there's probably not much point in actually starting until you have have the resources to make something complete. So the Eastgate to to McMaster version, uh, you know, has has utility. Uh, it has great economic uplift opportunity. If you look at the entire corridor, the potential for renewal is huge. Uh, already, properties have been purchased and acquired to actually prepare for this LRT investment. 
So I would say, uh, you know, having a truncated version, uh, you know, it just doesn't give it the impact that it deserves. And, uh, and, and it's probably not a worthy investment for anyone to make other than the, the full amount with some partnership. And I know that there are partners out there that have indicated, and I think you know them, Leona and Fengate and others have said they're prepared to step up to, uh, to partner on this kind of a project. project. Uh, and if the federal government is, is uh, of a mind to do that as well, then I think the entire project has merit. To do one little portion of it, uh, I don't. I don't think makes a whole lot of sense when it doesn't really have the kind of impact that we want it to have. The one thing we don't. I'm just about out of time here. The one thing we do have to remind our listeners about, though, is uh, these are recommendations. I mean, you know, the province can say we don't want to do any of this stuff. I mean, it's really ultimately it's going to be up to the province as to how they're going to to handle this. Uh, you know, this is this is not necessarily a roadmap as to what we're going to go through here. So there's clearly a lot of conversations still to come. Well, true, and I, but I'm going to, you know, hold the, the premier to his, uh, his, you know, former com- comment that, uh, you know, there was an election held here in Hamilton uh, that was largely an LRT-based election. Uh, one, one, one candidate said no, and the other candidate said yes, and the candidate that won quite significantly was myself that, uh, that has backed LRT uh, right from the very beginning. We've had multiple elections on this, and the premier said, you know what, the people of Hamilton have spoken. Uh, LRT ought to be the project that moves forward. How it got bamboozled into this, uh, you know, whole notion that it's uh, that it's overpriced and coming in at five point five billion dollars, numbers that never made any sense, uh, is is a wonder to me. But it appears that the province of Ontario is looking for a way out of this, uh, looking for a way to get back to a sensible investment in the city of Hamilton that uh, that provides the kind of benefit that LRT would make. And clearly, uh, you know, LRT was left in the mix. And so they're looking for a way out, and I think there's a potential way out here if we can create that level of partnership with the province, the private sector, and the uh, and the federal government. So I would say, uh, you know, thank you, uh, province of Ontario. Thank you, Premier, for continuing to make the commitment that, you know, the electorate of Hamilton deserves what uh, it's been asking for. And uh, I hope that, uh, that the Premier is good to his word. Having said all that, right now, in the middle of a pandemic, I would say uh, it is probably not the highest priority issue that we need to be dealing with. Uh, you know, I fully get that. And, uh, you know, the reason we're talking about it is because the report came out. But I anticipate that these conversations will happen in the background. But uh, the, our continuing focus collectively needs to be the pandemic and the work that we need to do there to ensure that we Absolutely. have a community that can, uh, that can get past this. So I'm, uh, I'm grateful for the opportunity to continue to breathe life into this. And uh, we'll see where it goes from here. Hamilton Mayor Fred Eisenberger, lots more to come on this, Mr. Mayor. Thanks so much for the time today. Thank you, Bill. Much appreciated. Uh, let's uh, bring John Best in the conversation, publisher of the Bay Observer. John uh, wrote a fascinating piece in the Bay Observer uh, just a couple of days ago, uh, Transportation Task Force issues its report with, a, as, as per usual in the Bay Observer, uh, a very in-depth analysis of what was actually in the report. John, thank you for the time today. Glad you could hop on with us. My pleasure, Bill. I don't want to put words into the mayor's mouth, but I'm getting the indication that he's obviously read the report and, and talked about some of the the points that Tony Valeri mentioned here. But he's uh, the mayor seems to think that it, everything in this report uh, leads to uh, LRT as the obvious conclusion. Do you share that feeling? I, I don't. I've I've read the report uh, a couple of times, and uh, I I think it it does uh, as uh, Tony Valeri said earlier. Um, take a, a pretty neutral stand on on all three options that it put forward. Um, the um, uh, 
As far as the uh, bus uh, rapid transit piece goes, um, that has never had any kind of technological study done on it. And and, and so, I think Tony made that point when he was talking with us. Yeah, never. Uh, and, and in terms of even the LRT, I mean, if you actually most of what is being described as studies was mainly promotion of, of LRT. Um, you know, the province did a study in, in 2010 that said uh, said that bus rapid transit had a better uh, cost-benefit r- ratio, but then they said that uh, it's, it would probably deliver uh, more in terms of economic uplift, so uh, that's that's certainly the case. However, the amount of money they were talking about was pretty minuscule uh, compared to the billion or so a year in new uh, uh, building permits that this city has been issuing for the last five or six years. So I don't know. Um, I, I think the report really went out of its way to, uh, to present three very distinct options to, uh, to the government, and it's interesting that the minister literally the same afternoon said i'm going to get all three of them studied and uh and she's uh, issued directives to infrastructure ontario and uh, and metrolinks to get on with the K- get on with the project were you surprised that the all day go was included in this um a little bit i was a little surprised uh, about that i mean uh, there there are but i've heard people in the past say that if you really wanted to look at what would have the biggest impact on uh, the Hamilton economy, it wouldn't be um, bus or LRT within the city. It would be having quick and easy connections to Toronto and the rest of the GTA uh, all day. Um, that, that, that would make it now possible for head offices to be located here because even if a workforce was living in, say, Mississauga, uh, you know, they could just jump on the go train. You wouldn't even have to consult a schedule because it's running every 15 minutes. Um, and there, there's a sense that that all-day go service will have a, a major impact on the economy of Hamilton uh, because we still enjoy an advantage uh, as far as real estate prices, that sort of thing, uh, makes us very attractive. But the thing that's holding back more of that development is, uh, you know, the absence of reliable public transit. Time and time again through the course of this report, and I know you've read it a few times as well, John, uh, they talk about uh, the growth for the city here, but they talk about uh, uh, the broader uh, reach here of transportation network that connect residents to jobs, health care, social services, and facilitate efficient movement of goods. It's it's all inclusive, and there's a very, very well laid out plan here, both pluses and minuses for each one of these three projects right now. So it's going to be, uh, uh, the work's cut out, I guess, for Infrastructure Ontario and for Metrolinx as to how they're going to interpret this and how they're going to move forward well i think um to be honest i think infrastructure ontario and metrolinks have already done some of the work that the minister has asked for um you know because uh, metrolinks was criticized as you know a, a year or so ago by the auditor general for its failure to um properly examine uh, the benefits of brt so i would imagine that uh, metrolinks would have heeded that advice then and and probably got a little more aggressive in that area. Um, I, I think the one interesting thing here that uh, I don't think it's all going to be a one-way street from the province to Hamilton. If, in fact, um, the, the preferred option ended up being LRT, then 
clearly there, there's going to have to be a role for Hamilton Council because there's I, I can't see a path forward where we get uh, the federal government to pony up its share. I mean, there is an existing program now that, that Kitchener and Ottawa both participated in, but it's basically a three-way split uh, with a little bit more weighted towards the federal and, and provincial, but it still leaves uh, those municipalities picking up 25 28% of the cost. I don't see any uh, ability uh, to deviate from that plan. So at some point, Hamilton Council, if, if they want LRT, uh, they're looking at assuming, I don't know, 600 700 $800 million in debt. And when we saw the budget process that this council just went through, uh, trying to find $50 million, uh, you know, desperately working away for two or three months to, to whittle a, a number down uh, of that magnitude, it's, I think there, there could be a, a point at which Hamilton Council is going to have to make the final decision on LRT. Exactly. John, lots more to talk about this, uh, and thank you so much for the time today. This is uh, this is not the end. This is uh, just the end of the beginning, I think, as far as this discussion goes. Uh, we'll talk again soon. Thanks, Bill. John Best from the Bay Observer. The Bill Kelly Show, weekdays from 9 to noon on 900 CHML.